Hallelujah. It's time to hear the word of God before we go. And, uh, please talk to God that uh, He will talk to you. Ask that you will receive something special from Him. Something that no one can give you. of his pasture. He is the Lord our help. We gather here today. He stirred our hearts up to cry unto him that he should send rain. Stir our hearts up to sing songs unto him. And he now wants to fill your heart. Ask that he will fill your heart. He will satisfy you with things that can never be corrupted.
Just as the eyes of the servant are upon their masters and the eyes of the maidens are upon their mistress, even so our eyes are upon you until you bless us. Visit us today, O God. This is not an empty cry, it's our heart cry. If you don't do something to change our desperate situations, we are in big trouble. But you are God who has said you will never ignore our cries. Hear our cry, O God. Hear our cries, O God. And step into our situations today. And let your name be glorified. To you, our Lord and God, be the honor and glory. In Jesus' most wonderful name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. We continue with our theme of the Lord, my shepherd. And uh, this is the second Sunday of the month. So our test is taken from the book of Psalms 23. And I read verses 1 to 6. And it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The brief uh, word I will share with us this afternoon is titled, A Precept for Life. A Precept for Life. A precept means it's it's a principle or a command or a set of rules that guides uh, that's what a precept is. In actual fact, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, it's a precept upon precept. It's a line upon line. It says, so the children of God or the man of God is built. So we, we, we just, as we've been using this method for the past few weeks to just shrink whatever message into some biteable forms, into a concise form. And so we look at this particular chapter of the scripture. In actual fact, it's the most popular chapter in the Bible. It's the most popular psalm in the Bible. It's one of the most popular, um, you know, passage in all readings of the world. Any book you can read. So it's quite an important one, and the Lord is granting us this one month. We don't know whether it will extend beyond that and um, to look into that. That, by the way, is the passage uh, for the redeemed Christian Church of God for the year. Um, you know, is the year of our good shepherd. And so we, just before the year runs out, the Lord is leading us into this particular passage to look at it as a precept for life. Uh, we, we all have rules that direct the course of our lives. 
and, and or else life will be very unwieldy. It will be very complex. And, and the way I was thinking about this is that if you look at every one of us, there are several things going on in our heart at every moment. You know, in every heart, and it's common to everybody. Um, we are thinking of God as a God of love. We are thinking of God as a God of judgment. We are thinking of the mercy of God. We are thinking of the discipline of God. And all these things sometimes, <clears throat> they are quite difficult to come together. And so that's why, because the people outside there, the non-Christians, those that don't have the knowledge of God, they can't make sense of all this complex issue simply because of one thing I will tell you in a minute. They keep throwing up questions and confusions. They keep saying, if God is a God of goodness, where is that sickness? If God is good, where is this, where is that? Because the complexity of God goes on deep in the heart of man is unresolvable unless something happens to help him resolve that. The easiest example I can use are these computers. I hope you know this is a very powerful computer. Mm? How many of us got our phone there? Please just wave your phone to me. Hallelujah. All sorts of phones. Some of them uh, iPhone 6, iPhone 7, and all sorts. Amen. And um, Galaxy X or what. And they, they are all computers, I hope you know. Just like your home computer. They are. They are computers. And, and w- strangely, what I want to use to es- 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 um, explain this is, is the computer of which everybody in here, is there anybody in this room that hasn't got his phone or an iPad on them? It's not a crime. I just want to see whether I will need to explain more to somebody. Anybody in this room, you don't have a phone, you don't have an iPad, you don't have a laptop. Nobody carries a laptop around anymore. All right. How many of us have either a phone or an iPad or any form of computer, please wave your hand to me, just to know. All right, so I don't want to talk to strangers. And let me tell you, one of the days I went, I went across to Apple Store, I don't, use, I don't have any Apple product except this one, which was given to me as a gift. But it's been good. It's not bad at all. And I went there, I saw some elderly people there. I call them the old age pensioners. I think their age range will be very late 70s. Many of them will be in their 80s, about 10 of them. They sat around the table, and I've just seen this such groups before. And they were being taught how to use, and some of them, they were with all due respect. I will grow old one, and you will grow old too. I wasn't expecting them to, to be honest with you. I mean, they were really flowing along, and they were asking very wonderful questions. And if you are in the house today, as a form of digression, and you are not catching on, don't let the elderly just be the one to say, well, you don't have an excuse. You know, some of these elderly people, the way they handle some of these softwares, the WhatsApp, posting things, recording. I mean, I'm wondering that, man, the world has changed. So if I now spend time to use a computer to talk to you today, you will know I'm justified. Because you cannot be in this room and say you are not sufficiently or minimally computer literate. Let's start with this. I'm talking about complexity, and something must resolve complexity for us before we are able to make sense of life. Are you still there with me? Complexity. For every computer you have, whether it's a desktop computer, whether it's a laptop, whether it's an iPad, whether it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a phone, there are three, that's my rough estimate, and you computer buffs, don't bother me with this one. I will explain as best as I understand it. There are three main layers to every computer. The one that I call the core, and don't crucify me. I know there's something you people call core in computing. It's different. It's not that core. There's a core to every computer that is within the processor. I, I've warned you that I'm going to talk about computing, so you can't complain. It's too technical. 
All right? So if you don't, sorry, go and find out. But I will call that, in the most part, many, many people will call it the hardware. It's more than the hardware. I call it the core. That is the innermost part of the computer. It's very complex. You don't know what is going on there. There's a part of it that they call the BIOS. Uh, what is BIOS, somebody? I told you, I'm going to talk about computing today. Anybody BIOS? At least the computer guys in the house. What is the BIOS? The BIOS of a computer. Basic input-output system. That is why you put on the computer. That is the part that runs itself. I'll tell you where I'm going in a minute. That's the part that runs itself and it comes on. That is, you don't put in anything except the power button. So every computer must have that basic aspect. It's complex. You don't even know what's going on. And so it will run itself. There are other parts that's called the central processing unit. There's another one called the ALU. There are so, if I can just go on and on and tell you how complex, that thing you have in your hand is incredibly complex. In fact, if you were to, if we were to discuss it, even the best of computer architectures, or architects there who deal with computer architecture, they will, they will even find it difficult to put their mind around. Because by the time you study, you know, the, the, the internal of the, of the Apple group, or you study the one of the Linux group, or where the Androids are, and you do that of the Windows, you just get lost. So, very complex. But, as complex as it is, there's something that sits on top of that innermost part. It's called the operating system. The operating system is what helps you to make sense of the complexity that is going on inside. So when all those things are going on, you don't care about them, it doesn't bother you, but there's an operating system that sits on top of that, and that is what helps you to make sense of it. That is, is the one that will turn that thing that is going on inside into something real before you, and on top of that, there's a screen. They call that the graphic user interface, GUI, okay? All right, so forget about the GUI, which is the one that you see, but I may put it to you right now that the most important part of that computer is what is called the operating system. And I do also believe that every human being has what is called an operating system. When Apple is selling, the difference between Apple, all of them, their hardware is really the same. If I generically, they manufacture it for them. Apple doesn't manufacture any, um, doesn't manufacture any uh, processor. They buy it. They contract it out. Windows doesn't manufacture any processor. They can't be bothered. You just go to the Silicon Valley in America. You just ask them to just do something for you. But what distinguish each one of them that sells is that thing that is called the operating system. There's an operating system that every human being has. Three people. Come, please, quickly. Come, please, quickly. Uh, come, please, quickly. Hallelujah. And I tell you that also that's the way man was fashioned. So this man is standing here. We'll call him the hardware. Does he look like hardware? He's a hard man. And this man is standing here. We call him the operating system. Does he look like an operating system? All right, not quite. And this one is standing here. We call him the graphic user interface. This is the one we see. And his face is very nice. He's smiling at us. This is the one we don't see him, but there's a lot of work going on in here, isn't it? So this one, we speak to this one, and this one, we speak to this one, and you will see that. But before you go, also, this, I can call it the spirit, because it's the innermost part. You don't see it. You don't know it's there. Everyone has it. This one, I call the soul, and this one, I call the body. So you see the body. You don't see the soul, but it's the one that tells the body what to do. Is that clicking now? Because the soul is where it is all happening. Hallelujah. And so, as the soul is, so 
Spirit, talk to the soul now. As the spirit is talking to the soul now, the body wants to do its own thing, all right? And then the body is asking the soul to come and do it. The spirit is also saying, soul, don't go away. Listen to me. And yet, the body is beckoning unto the soul. It is the strength of the operating system or the soul that will determine how you will see this guy. And so, this is what we build normally. It is the soul that we build. It is the operating system that we build. It is what is going to be sold. And I'll give you five areas in which it relates unto man that this is the one you'll be. God bless you, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for them. And so, because you can relate unto that, because the story is everywhere about this phone, that phone, that, this, that, that. You can relate unto that, that there's a place called, the, there's, there's a part of us called the operating system. That we determines what we do or what we don't do. And I, when I was looking at that, it may look, you know, not usual to you. I sense that every human being should have a robust operating system. And I can suggest one for you. I believe that one that we are dealing with this month, if you walk by those principles, because the operating system has got many parts as well. I don't want to go into detail. It has a canal. It has, you know, its own I.O., you know, in and out. It has a lot of other parts or whatever. But it's a a composition of many parts, and if it functions very well, the body will look very good. Or what people are saying will look very good. The spirit will also be happy. Hallelujah. I suggest one operating system to you. I call it JROS. Have you heard of iOS before? You heard of iOS before? Anybody wants to get what JROS is? Ah, anybody wants to try what it is? You see, because operating systems are just a set of rules, a set of instructions, a set of programs that have been written. And once they begin to function, they begin to direct what is going to happen on the other end. So there is this operating system that every human being will have. And I will take you into it in a minute. That unless God inscribes that into you and you begin to function with that, there may be struggle. Anybody, JR, operating system? Jesus raising ourselves. Okay. That's our theme for the month. What's our theme for the month? Jesus rules. Good. Anyone else? What's our theme for this month? And what is the Lord our shepherd? Yeah, Jehovah Ria. Awasha. And if I suggest you running that every morning, running that every night, it will make a lot of changes in your life. Five things that I discover if you stay with this principle that Jesus, or sorry, or that you put the word Jesus in my mouth, that Jehovah, you know, Rhea, the Lord is my shepherd. That is anything, that, that is the operating principle. Anything that you come across, anything that comes across you, anything you think, anything that you feel, just, just, just deploy that the Lord is my shepherd. Just, just pull that in. Whether it is well, you just stand on that. The Lord is my shepherd. Whether it is looking not so well, just stand upon that. The Lord is my shepherd. And if you do that, you will be surprised how many of the blessings of the Lord will come your way. Number one thing, when you are running this, you become very stable. Did anybody remember when some of these computers started, when we started having PCs? What was the commonest problem we were having with PCs? Crashing. Crashing. So the number one thing that if you have... The Lord as my shepherd, as the rule and principle by which you operate will be very stable. 
What makes a computer not to be stable is because when you are running an application, you try to start another one. Let's say you are playing YouTube, and then suddenly you want to check your mail. They don't crash so much anymore. They've improved them now. In those days, they would just crash. Crash means that they cannot handle all the processes that are going on. They cannot handle all the interrupts. They cannot handle all the conflicts. And then the thing just, just gives up. But when you have Jehovah Rapha as your Lord and God, you find that, that instead of going up and down in your life, you become stable. There are many people that are not stable. We come, we smile, but we are not stable. Every little problem, we crash. Every big problem, oh, we completely, you know, blown to pieces. And yet God expects us that if we stand on this principle that the Lord is my shepherd, you will be stable. You will be stable. And that's why he says, in that same Psalm 20, just put Psalm 23 on the screen for me. I will be pointing to one or two things in verse 4. What does it say? Psalm, Psalm 20, verse 4. Thank you. Yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what will happen? I will... Why will you not fear any evil? Because the Lord is with you. And so if you don't fear evil, that is whatever comes away. Why is it? Because you are very stable. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, Matthew 7, 24 and 25, he said, He that build this world, his life, his house upon my word and do and does them, what does he say will happen to the person? He said, It will be like a house that is built on a rock. He that does this word simply means that you become stable. Number two, you become adaptable and you meet current needs. You become adaptable and you meet current needs. My first computer was born, our first computer was bought in 1994. It was marketed by a company called Gateway. Did anybody know Gateway? Yeah, someone. How many? So I said Gateway. Gateway Computers. Wow. And what was their sign? Black and white cow. Big box like this. Very big box. The day they delivered it, you know, we almost needed a crane. Not quite. It wasn't a mainframe. But it was really big, to be honest. Can anybody guess what the RAM of it? You know what the RAM memory? Does anybody know what the RAM of that? 1994 was anybody any guess? Eh? 256. Ah no. <laughs> what is the storage? The storage was a whooping 16 megabyte. And the RAM, because we bought just the one below the top of the range, and the RAM was four megabytes. When you want to install Windows on it, Windows came in 18 floppy disks. Eight, not 18, eight floppy disks. And it takes you about four hours to install Windows. So once the thing crashed like this, it's a whole day job. We had internet, very good internet at that time. It's called dial-up internet. Does anybody remember it? So once you go there, you pray the thing, Do you know, let me put it to you. If anyone is running that computer today, you'll be a joke. Well, it might not be a joke, but actually you might be a good museum. You can make money out of it. My only regret is that I've thrown it away. Because some of these, they fetch money later. Do you know the very first Apple computer that was made fetched close to a million pounds? Oh, yes. So, I, you know, and I think I'm repenting openly now before my wife. She, she's always said, don't throw things away. But that's not where I'm going. Where I'm going is this. If some of us are Christians in the 60s and 70s, 
we will be okay. But being Christians in the year 2015 is a struggle. Somebody's got what I'm saying. As if we roll it back, that is, let's say you are suddenly to be in the 60s and 70s, you probably will not have a problem being a Christian. But where we are now, 2015, it becomes such a difficulty. Why? Over time, we have not grown to be adaptable. I made a statement to a group of people. I said the world is in a constant state of flux. Do not be left behind. I repeat myself. The world is in a constant state of flux. F-L-U-X. Do not be left behind. It's so easy to get stuck in the past. But if God is with you, it's also very easy for him to move you to the next place. And so you cannot... So the sign that you have this Jesus in you, and if you want to put it into computing or whatever, it'll be very easy. God help you. I mean, what is it that it was, I think it was my daughter, little dad, that was saying that um, some of these children, what they know, you'll be shocked. I mean, during the school run one day, and she was telling me, Dad, uh, iOS 9 is out. I said, what's iOS 9? I said, iOS 9.1, 9.2, What? And where I'm going with that is that it is that thing that I call the operating system that they are selling. And that is what determines it. Now, let me put it to you. Have you can you say that you can match what the world will throw at you tomorrow? Will you be upgradable to tomorrow? Because many of us are complaining, oh, good, good old days. There's no good old days. You need to move with the time. And the time, I'm not talking about fashion. I'm talking about ability to fight the opposition that we are facing. We are living in a world that is postmodern. Everything goes. Many of us are collapsing, including myself. And I said, Lord, it's not so much. It was a, a, a good friend of mine, Andrew Owen, that put it on his Facebook. Just yesterday, I saw that. He said, the men of old, he said, the men of the, the Old Testament, they were not talking about the world. They were not talking about what the world has become. They are talking about who has come to the world, or something like that. I, I wish I remember. So the most of the time, we keep talking about, see what the world has become. Oh, in those days, people will not even talk about this kind of relationship. You know, people will not even talk about not believing God. You know, they will not. No, that's not it. The thing is that this is where you are now. Your resources should be able to match today. And so, if we walk in this leveling with the Lord is my shepherd, it will move you from the place that was of yesterday, we move you to a place of today. Am I making sense to somebody here? And so, there's all I could have picked, I shall not want, which I wanted to do. The Lord said, no, give them a bigger picture. And I would have spent three days just putting about Apadotra, have plenty of Bible verses, but the Lord is painting a big picture before you. Adopt this very paradigm, adopt this very principle, and just live in that role that the Lord is my shepherd. And therefore, because of that, you will find yourself that you are just not crashing. You will find yourself that you are just adaptable. You will find yourself that, oh God, eh? if it is those days, that's not, if it's where I was coming from, if it is where, that's not if it is where, this is where you find yourself, your system should be able to cope. Because you should be able to have your system updated. You should be able to just run a particular patch onto it and bang you are in the new place that you ought to be. When I was single, oh, this is how easy it is. Now that I marry her, now that I marry him, who cares about that? This is where you are. Now update your system. And if the Lord is your shepherd, it will be updated automatically. Because he's the one that is moving you on. I don't care about God now those days anymore. I don't say which days. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow may never be mine. Lord help me to do what? To take every day. Uh, to, uh, to, to, to take it one day at a time. 
Today is what matters. Is the Lord your shepherd? Is he the rule? Is he the operating system? Is that the, the whole package that you are running with? Number three. Number three quickly. You enjoy a cast iron kind. And, and I've got examples here. David was a good example. Before I move to the next point, just checking my notes. David was a good example. David's ability met the challenges he was facing. You know, when David was with his brother, they never liked him. You knew that. The boy went to the battlefront. And they were saying, what are you doing here? And taking provisions to them. But the boy survived amongst them. Then one day he was in the bush. He was with a lion. He survived amongst that. Then another day it was a bear. He survived. His sister was updated to meet that need. It was scalable, that's the word they used. And then one day, what did he meet? Goliath. And also resources came as well to meet Goliath. And so I think it's part of the program of God for us that we should be able to meet whatever challenge we face. And those challenges, they will increase. It's no point saying, oh God, we've never seen this before. Of course, go to see the problem one time. You know, Lord, I've never seen this before. Of course. In actual fact, if you see a problem twice, it's not good. Because affliction is not supposed to occur the second time. So, <laughs> so any problem should be fresh. And you say, now, Lord, we are, this is a new area. Help me. And immediately something runs in your system. And everything comes together. And it fires the right thing and you respond unto it. May the Lord move you to the right place. Yeah. And may you never have a problem twice. And that's a big prayer. You never have a problem twice. The one you've conquered, you've conquered it. There's no need going over that again. Very clearly, this one will be short. You enjoy a cast iron kind of security, a kind iron cast of security. I was going to ask some of you computer, computer guys, but most of you are burying your head. You're not answering me. So you're just leaving me in the dark here. Okay, so you guys, either you are doing computing or you are knowledgeable, just maybe you read it somewhere. Why do we have this phone? Do these phones that we have, do they come with built-in antivirus and anti-malware? Do they come with them? Apple, if you have this phone, this is an, this is an Apple. Okay, hallelujah. Wow, these things are expensive. Now, this, do, they, do, they, do they come with antivirus built into them? Do we know? I would not let what's wrong with you, church? We are a group of young people that should know. Do they come with antivirus? Eh? The, the built-in antivirus. So somebody say Apple doesn't get virus. All right, okay. So yes, Apple doesn't normally suffer from virus. That's where I'm going. What they've done is that when they were building that operating system, they've built in a lot of antivirus and malwares into them. In actual fact, most of the updates you are doing, you are only doing, what do you call those updates again? You guys, when you update your software, you are only doing, uh, you are updating the, the new um, antivirus. Eh? Eh? Yeah, the new version. Yeah, you are just, you know, you, every day these gangsters, they're always writing new viruses. So what they do is that because they are writing them, they also they can preempt them. They can say they reach it, they reach it. So, but they can get whiff of it immediately. So they write something that will counter it. All right. So they just take a step at a time, and then they they they. So most of the time, these phones they come with inbuilt security. You know, Windows started doing that as well. It has an actual part of it now, though it's not sufficient. You need to put something on. But at least there's a degree of security in it. 
Now, the same thing can happen when you run with this principle that is called the Lord is my shepherd. There is an inherent degree of security that you enjoy. And let me tell you what true security is. No one is immune from attack. The only thing you can do is to resist and recover. I repeat myself, no one is immune from an attack. The only rule that is left for you is to resist and to recover. Some a snake through the net is for you. The one you resist and resist so hard, and maybe a little bit of it snakes through the net, you must learn how to recover. So a system in which you cannot resist, a system in which you cannot recover, you say, well, I've built a strong wall around me. They will not attack me. It's a lie. Attack will come. But when the attack comes, may we have sufficient grace in us to resist and to recover. To resist and to recover. I'm giving you life principle today. More than money. But if you stand on that rule that the Lord is your shepherd, you'll be shocked how well your life will flow in the name of Jesus Christ. And there are many like that in the Bible. They had issues. John, son of Boanerges, was a hard man. By the time at the end of his life, he became a very meek man. Speaking love and preaching love. Let me go to number four quickly because of our time. We said you become very stable. You agree with me? You won't just be crashing at every little opportunity. You become adaptable and you can meet current needs. You also enjoy, if you run on this principle that the Lord is my shepherd, you enjoy a cast iron kind of security. Number four, you become attractive and desirable. Verse five, Psalm 23, verse five. You become attractive and desirable. What does it say? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Go to verse 6 as well. Surely goodness and mercy. What shall they be doing? They'll be chasing you. Because if you run on this principle of that, the Lord my shepherd, that is the kind of using computer, and that's why these phones they say, I, guys, it's not that hardware they are selling. It is the operating system they are selling. Because the difference between it, I was with somebody yesterday, but I showed up in specific, and he just saw my old phone. He must have pitied me. He said, which type of phone are you using? I said, it's a humble galaxy, and I don't don't want to show you up. He's got a very nice phone. And then we were just comparing, and and the difference between his phone and mine is just the screen, to be honest with you. (laughs) It's just the screen. You could have caught hundreds of pounds. Mine could have come a few 10 pounds, a little bit more than that. But it's the screen. So it's the screen they are selling. That is, what can it do? And so if we walk with this principle, the Lord is my shepherd, you will become very attractive because God will set the table before you. Goodness and mercy will chase after you. You will become a person that people will be running after. Christmas is coming. Resist the temptation to buy gadgets that you cannot afford. Pressure will come from left, right, and center. Because those things are desirable. They become attractive. And it's only the wise person that will say that we will not do it. If you have the money, please buy 10. But if you don't have the money, it's not worth it. Because in another six months' time, it will become very obsolete. It will become very obsolete. But thank God, the attraction that the Lord will put upon your life is not the one that can run out. It's not one. It's one that will last you until your good old age. That many shall see you and call you blessed. It's good to have a lot of material resources, but believe you me, there's nothing as glorious as having an, an incredibly great character. 
the one that is attractive. When people from far and they say, I know him. That's ethnic, you can see any other thing, but him, no. I know him. And the commonest and biggest topic of all, which has been what I've been crying out to God for, is a good heart. A good heart is the one that, you know, even your enemies will know you have a good heart. In actual fact, they are trying to exploit because they know you have a good heart. But some people, you know their heart is dark. You come close to them, you know, you know this is darkness personified. Every I'm going, they are saying, they mean I'm coming. Every I love you is exactly I hate you. Let God build us in the right places. And we shall be attracted to the glory of his holy name. Let me conclude with number five. Number five. And I think this should be an easy one. Uh, you know, I like to make it interactive. One thing I've not mentioned. Somebody made this computer, don't they? All right? So I believe, number five, you will bring great honor and profit to your maker. You will bring great honor and profit to your maker. If you don't believe me, go and ask a man called William Henry Gates III. William Henry Gates III is worth only a paltry $76 billion. What gave him that money? Operating system. That middle layer. What will give your own maker glory? Sort that middle aspect out. Sort that soul out. Let your soul run on the principle of the Lord is my shepherd, therefore no fear. We will take them one by one, the Lord permits us later on. We'll have this big picture. Oh, well. You can ask somebody else whether these things do bring honor and glory. Ask Mrs. Lauren Jobs. And she will tell you. She's relatively poor. In this particular game, she's worth only $21.5 billion. All from this middle layer. May I bring gain to my God. May I bring honor unto him. Money will come and go. But I say, glory, that's a honor. When heaven stood down, and I say, when this boy was here on earth, he made impact. Thus one should have perished, if not for the fact that he stood up. When my girl is here, see what she did for me. And that's the kind of honor your maker is looking for. But allow that operating system that she has devised to run in you. And that's my conclusion. Run it every morning. Pray it in. Declare it. That the ruling principle of my life is the Lord is my shepherd. And your life will never remain the same. May the Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Let us pray. Hallelujah. Rise up with me and let's pray. I think you've had a wonderful time sitting for when I was asking the Lord how we should pray I believe he made it very easy for me 
He said, all the prayer points are right in front of you there. We'll take just a couple. And as we do that, if we still have time, we might spend about three, four minutes to worship. I believe God has got something to say to somebody here today. God has got some words to speak into your life today. I want you to pray. Verse 1 says, I shall not want. I shall not want. I shall not want. And I want you to just stand on the word of God and declare in the name of Jesus, I shall not want. I shall not lack any good. He said, I've been young and I'm not old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken any cease begging bread. I shall not want. That is when it is time for you to adapt to the new stage in which you are. There are so many adaptations that are supposed to take place now. Our city is changing. The whole of Northeast is changing because of the current, you know, economic climate that is peculiar to this part of the world. And God is saying there's still a way out that you can be adaptable for now. You can meet the needs of today. I shall not want. I shall not want. No matter how hard it may look, no matter how impossible it may look, I stand on the word of the Lord that can never be broken. I shall not want. I've seen the right, I've seen, I've been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. Ask that the Lord of all provision will provide for you. Ask and let's pray collectively that God will provide for us. The Lord will provide for us. I have been young and now I'm old. He says in 25th verse of, of Psalm 37, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed or his descendants begging bread. We shall not beg bread. Heavenly food we shall have. Material food we shall have. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I shall not lack any good thing. Say, no good thing will he withhold from them that fear him. Because I fear the Lord. The Lord will not withdraw or withhold any good thing from me in the name of the Lord Jesus. Cry unto him this afternoon. In the name that's above every name. I shall not want. I shall not want. Thank you, Rock of Ages. Bring your prayer to a close. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. We're going to pray that it will restore your soul. You remember we said the soul is where that operating system works. The middle part. And, you know, when these computers do whatever they do, they say go and do a restoration. You just go and restore it. Maybe you have crashed. The Lord says, I will restore Maybe a bug has come in already. The Lord says, I will restore. He restores my soul. He restores that inward, that middle part of me. The place that directs what I do outside. What used not to trouble me before is troubling me now. Where I do not stumble before, I'm stumbling now. But it will restore your soul. It will restore your soul. So you're going to lift up your voice and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, your word says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness. For his name's sake, 
Therefore, in the name of Jesus, restore my soul, O God. All that is malfunctioning there, restore to normal function, O God. Restore to normal function. Somebody here, you find that your concentration is getting, getting low. You cannot concentrate. Your system is not functioning well. You find that your mind trails now. In actual fact, you are getting worried. The Lord says that he will restore that your mind. Your soul shall be restored. Call upon him that he will restore your soul this afternoon. In the name of the Lord Jesus, restore our souls, O God. Wheresoever the enemy has put in his hand and in such a struggle, let there be a restoration today in the name of Jesus. Somebody here, you know your love for the Lord is going cold. The Lord asked me to tell you that he will fire you once again. He will bring the fire once again. Your love for him, your passion for him, will go beyond just the externalities. There will be a genuine fire in your belly and the name of the Lord shall be glorified. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In the name of Jesus. I want to pray for you. Your enemies shall live they shall live and they will see the glory of God over your life. I say one more time, as many as have made pronouncement over your life, you had it. Somebody told you that that's what so, so, and so said about you. He said that's your condition that we know she or he cannot come out of it. The Lord asked me to tell you that the enemy shall be alive to see you come out of it in the name of Jesus. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. A dagger will go through the heart of the enemy. A painful jab, as it were. A stab and say, wow, she's making it. Wow, he's making it. Because the Lord says in his presence, in the presence of the enemy, he will prepare the table. Lift your two hands on the table. Let me pray for you. Father, see these hands lifted unto you. Grab this hand, my Father. And pull everyone up out of the ditch in the name of the Lord Jesus. Some of you, you have time bound blessings that must come. There's a time. If it doesn't come at this particular time, it's a big problem for you. The Lord asked me to tell you, you will have minutes to spare. And your face will not be ashamed in the name of the Lord Jesus. So I declare over your hand right now in the name of Jesus that in, your, in the presence of your enemies, the Lord will set you up for blessing in the name of Jesus. You are here, they've said that all this born again, that he or she is saying, we know in a short while everything will just burst like bubble. The Lord asked me to tell you, that they will come and drink in your hand. 
Because his mighty hand will preserve you in the name of Jesus. They are making fun of you, mocking you. They said, well, if your God is God, why has he not delivered you? He says, I should tell you, he is coming. And deliver, he will deliver you in the name of Jesus. Don't give up, don't give up. The deliverer is at the door. The Savior is at the door. And shame shall not be your portion in the name of the Lord Jesus. You shall not want. You shall not want. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. By the special mercy of the Lord, you will end this year saying he has answered it all. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And I say that for myself as I claim that as well. This year shall be the Lord has answered it all in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. You are God who makes all things beautiful. There's healing virtue in the house this afternoon. The spirit of the Lord is moving from place to place. So if you have any need for healing, just place your hand over that painful part or over that part that is, you know, giving you problems. And I speak in the name of the Lord Jesus. The one who says you shall lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. As long as you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, the hand you are laying becomes the hand of Jesus right now. As the rod of Moses became the rod of God, so your hand become the hand of God. And right now, healing shall flow through you into your own body in the name of the Lord Jesus. Be made whole right now. Be made whole right now. I pray that one more time because you are expecting the preacher to lay his hand. But the truth of the matter is that when the preacher lays his hand, it is God's hand that is on you, not his hand. So he can turn your own hand into his own hand. And right now in the name of Jesus, let your hand do that work of healing in your life right now in the name of Jesus. And you shall sing a new song. Give honor and praise unto the Lord. For he's a faithful and a true God. Give him praise in this place. Give him praise. Give him praise. You can do better than that. Let's give him a rapturous praise. The Lord is our God, the honor and glory. Wave your hand at him and say, Lord, I thank you. From now on, I'm a stable man. From now on, I will meet every challenge thrown at me because your hand is upon me. Thank you, Rock of Ages. In Jesus' most wonderful name, we have prayed. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Tell your neighbor, the Lord is my own shepherd. What about you? Before we go.